reformed Jews have no hope beyond the grave. Let me tell you a little something about reformed Judaism. Now, I attended the reformed Jewish temple in San Antonio for nearly 15 years of my life. Reformed Judaism is strictly a social religion. Now, the reformed Jews do not look for salvation, and so they have no hope beyond the grave. Most reformed Jews believe that when a person dies, he's just like a dead animal. The reformed Jews have cast away both their scriptures and their king. Now, most of the reformed rabbis will tell you that the Old Testament is simply a great piece of literature to be placed alongside the sacred books of the East, but they don't regard it as the word of God. I've had many serious talks on this subject with various reformed rabbis, and they all say that the Bible was just a great book. It was a book written by man during his early period, during his early history, before he became better educated. Now, that's the view that the reformed Jews have. They say that the Bible is just a great piece of literature, but it is not the Word of God. Reformed Judaism had its beginning in the 1870s when a Jew by the name of Dr. Meyer Wise came along and tried to compromise with the economic situation that was confronting the American Jews. You see, the Jew, after coming over to this country, found himself uh, surrounded by a different type of Gentile. In the old country, the Jew could afford to observe the Sabbath day. He wasn't afraid of competition, but the American people are very hard competitors. And if the Jew would have to observe strictly his religion, he would be the loser. So Dr. Wise came to the relief of the Jewish people and manufactured what is known as Reformed Judaism, which in my opinion is not Judaism, it's not Christianity or any other religion. Uh, it's simply a compromise with God and the economic situation. Now, I attended the Reformed Jewish Temple until I was 15 years of age. Occasionally, I went to the conservative Jewish synagogue, but most of my early life was spent in Reformed Judaism. The first time I ever heard the name of Jesus was when I was about six years old. A playmate in school, realizing that I was Jewish, shouted threats at me and said, You're nothing but a Christ killer. Now, I didn't even know who Jesus was, and yet I was being accused of being a Christ killer. As I grew a little older, my mother used to tell me not to walk on the left side of our street. One day I said, Mama, why can't I walk on the left side of the street? She said, you know about that, Genchi that Gentile church, as she called it, three blocks down the street on the left side? I said, yes, I, I know about it. And she became very solemn, and I remember the look on her face. She said, I must tell you something. She said, you're not supposed to have anything to do with the Gentiles when it comes to religion. And she proceeded to tell me that Jesus was the God of the Gentiles and that Christianity is a Gentile religion. And she said Jesus was responsible for all the suffering that had come to the Jews during the past 2,000 years. And she told me in no uncertain terms that any Jew who would accept the Christian religion would be committing one of the greatest of all sins. 
Well, that conversation gave me a curiosity about Jesus, and I was determined to ask our rabbi at the temple what he thought of him. Now, I always held our rabbi in very high esteem. As far back as I can remember, I always waited for the visit of our rabbi because, you see, the Jewish people love to have the rabbis call at their home. In fact, they consider it a very high honor to have a visit uh, from the rabbi. And he would always bring me candy or some kind of a present. And I could hardly wait for the rabbi's visit, not so much because of the presents he would bring me, but because the Jewish people always considered an honor to have the rabbi come to the home. You see, the Jewish people consider the word of the rabbi almost as good as God. I remember how I would anxiously await the rabbi's next visit so that I could ask him uh, the many questions that were on my mind. You see, I had a lot of curiosity. The Jews don't take anything for granted. It must have been a Jew who first said, I'm from Missouri, you'll have to show me, because a Jew is always trying to reason something out, and I was no exception. One day my aunt was sick in the hospital, and the rabbi was going to the hospital to pay my aunt a visit. This gave me the opportunity to meet with the rabbi and to ask him uh, what, uh, what the Jews believe in regard to Jesus. I wanted to ask why Jesus was never mentioned in our temple worship, and I wanted to find out what the rabbis believe about Jesus. Well, when I went to the hospital, I said, Rabbi Frisch, that was his name, and I said, please tell me, who is this Jesus I hear so much about. I could tell that the rabbi was slightly puzzled by my question. I remember the expression on his face as he tried to explain to my young mind the Jewish concept of Jesus. He finally said, Jesus was a great teacher. He was a great philosopher. He was one of the greatest men who ever lived, but he was not the son of God because God cannot be contained in flesh. And until I was 15 years of age, I looked upon Christ as a great teacher, a great educator, a great philosopher, but I never thought of worshiping him as my Lord and Savior. Until I was 15 years old, I faithfully said my prayers morning and night from the Jewish prayer book. My mother saw to it that I take an active part in all the Jewish holidays and celebrations, such as the Passover, the Day of Atonement, Hanukkah, and so forth. However, beloved, with all of my prayers and religious living, I didn't know that my sins were forgiven. My mother took me to the Reformed Jewish Temple every Friday night and Saturday morning. I would listen to the sermons uh, given by a rabbi on philosophy, uh, current events, sometimes a book review or a moral essay. But never once did I hear a message that would bring peace to my troubled soul. You see, the Jewish services were so dead and dry. In fact, I was happy when it came time for the benediction. And let me say this, beloved. Present-day Judaism has some good moral precepts, but it has nothing to offer in the way of personal salvation. And that's why it's so necessary that we give the gospel to the Jews now, beloved. We have the only answer, and we know that Christ is the answer. The Jews are longing for peace but they don't know where to find it. But, beloved, we know that peace is in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the only one who can satisfy the sinful and the restless heart of man, regardless of whether he's a Jew or a Gentile. 
And let me say in the closing minutes of our broadcast, it makes no difference today whether you're a Jew or whether you're a Gentile. I'm so glad that I can offer to you a real and a living Christ who will meet your every need, who will solve your every problem, who will fill your every longing. When the Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross, he said three words, it is finished. He finished the work of redemption, and now he can be your savior if you'll receive him by simple faith. The Bible says in Romans 10, 13, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Beloved, you're just as close to heaven as a call. And so let me urge you in the closing minutes of our broadcast, if you've never trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, to call upon him now, invite him into your heart and life, and then you'll have the assurance of salvation and life everlasting. Now I see that our time is up, but be sure and tune in to our next broadcast, and I'll tell you more about the story of my life and how God saved me from the darkness of Judaism to the brightness of Christ. Now remember that the Christian Jew Hour is more than just a radio broadcast. We have a staff of dedicated missionaries who are faithfully giving the gospel to the Jews. You know, only a few churches here and there care anything about the Jews. Very few churches have a missionary program to reach the Jews with the message of the gospel. And that's why we're totally dependent upon your financial support in order to maintain this far-reaching ministry. We can't do it alone. And so we're asking you, if you're a born-again believer, to stand with us, beloved, so that we can keep our missionaries on the field and pay the heavy cost of radio time. Write us today and let us know that you're a part of this work. We'd appreciate it so much. And when you write, I want to send you my new life storybook entitled, What It Costs a Jew to Become a Christian. This is the most thrilling book I've ever written. It tells how God saved me from the darkness of Judaism when I was only 15 years of age. It tells about my call to the ministry and how God sustained me as a young Jewish boy when my family had me put out of the home because of my stand for Christ. You'll get to see several pictures of my boyhood days and pictures of me when I was just a young preacher and a picture of my wife. Now, when you write, just ask for my life storybook. It's entitled, What It Costs a Jew to Become a Christian. Just address your letter to the Christian Jew Hour. That's the Christian Jew Hour, Post Office Box 345. That's Box 345. San Antonio, Texas, and our zip code is 78292. 